Hey, welcome to Wolf's Watch. Wolf here. And as always, I am out scouring the countryside as a leader of the pack, looking for food to bring back to you in the form of information and insights to help you advance your leadership journey, to increase your leadership mastery. And so you can walk away with a gold nugget, at least one that you can apply in your business and in your life. Today, I want to talk with you about adding new products and services to your business. Let me use a case study from uh, an experience of mine, consulting firm that I worked with a number of years ago. And we had an opportunity to expand into a new practice area or a new division for this company, something we didn't offer at the time. And I did not have a uh, technical expertise in this area, yet could see the opportunity, could see the sales opportunity. Plus, I wasn't in sales. I really had no standing. I was in a different part of the organization uh, at the time. And I approached people that had the expertise and were actually offering some of the services that wasn't formally packaged. It was based on skills of a couple of the consultants and a couple of the senior consultants that they, that they were offering that particular service at the time. And I called a meeting with the key people from the services side of the organization and brought them together, wrote out on the, Hey, Brian, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Always, uh, <laughs> always appreciate the compliment. I'll take all I can get. <laughs> and so I called, I called this meeting. So here you got these high powered consultants and most of these guys had, had um, you know, one had worked, for um, Accenture, another had uh, you know, been a senior executive with a large company. And so a lot of experience and very much the junior guy in the room. And I was thinking, okay, we can do this. I was nervous. I mean, feeling a little intimidating because there's a lot of talent in the room, a lot of experience. They had achieved a lot and they had absolutely zero respect for me. And they showed it. All right, so I'm quaking in my boots up in the front of the room and I start writing on a whiteboard. You're going, look, here's what we see as an opportunity to be able to do this, to, to create this as a formal practice area. We've got this amount of sales that we can capture right now. And it started coming fast. And they're like going, you know, why are you even talking to us about this? You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know anything about this area. You can't deliver this service. Yada, yada, you know. You don't know what you're doing. You you can't do this. And I turned to look at him and go, I know I can't do this. That's why you're here. I see a great opportunity. I can't, I can't bring it into the company. You can. That's why I wanted to, to have this meeting. Here's what I'm bringing to the table. And then a couple of really solid uh, client engagements ready to go, already booked. And it was bigger contracts than they were used to selling. Because of the, it was in a different part of the organization, we weren't selling services. We were building alliances in um, in a specific industry. And I don't want to get derailed by getting into the weeds of the details of that. But from that came two contracts that I needed them to deliver on. It wasn't something um, I didn't, you know, again, I, that wasn't something for me to deliver on at that time. But I knew that the folks in the room could do it and I didn't want to just serve those two clients. And I'd already talked to two of the people that were in the room with us. So I had two allies in the room 
And, and, you know, and it's like going, here's, here's the thing you can do this. What I can bring to the table is your launch, your two launch clients. This is already funded. It's sold. It's booked. You don't have to do anything but deliver the service. Why not create a formal division around this so that you can go out and do more of it when you've, as you've delivered on these two, because this will provide the case study to present to other potential clients to go, look, we, this is something that, that our firm is very capable of doing. We've done it for these two, you know, we've got two happy clients. Let's go. And several of these gentlemen, like myself, are recovering engineers. And the list started coming. Why we can't do this, why this won't work, what the barriers are, what the problems are with doing it. And I said, it's great. Come on, tell me more. And now they're expecting me to back down. And I didn't back down. Standing in front of the room and going, okay, let's hear it. Why won't this work? We started listening. I started writing it out. I'm going, writing it out, and I'm writing it out, and I'm writing it out. And we filled up three lists, top to bottom, on, on a standard chalkboard size whiteboard. And I turned around and looked at the person who, who was giving me the hardest time. And I said, look, what would it take to make this work? And he threw out an idea. And I go, look, I can't, I can't write this correctly. Here, you do it. And I handed him the marker. And he got up and he started talking and writing. And I went and sat down in the back row behind everybody else. And then the conversation shifted and it started. And they're throwing up, okay, we do this, we do this, we do this. Then I started going, well, wait a minute. What about, you know, and I started, I came back from the, now I'm in the back of the room, right? In the cheap seats, throwing out the negatives going, well, but what about this? How are we going to deal with that? You said this, this, here's our list of what's not going to work. And they, and they resolved everything that, we had listed out that wouldn't work. And, and this is going on over a period of several hours. And we, we ended up being a three hour long meeting. We're going through coffee and water like crazy. You had to stop and take a, you know, take a break, let everybody check messages and then come back to, to what we were doing. That launched a new practice area or what would be a division within, within that firm that ended up accounting for a significant percentage of the firm's revenue going forward became a very strong area for that firm because they had the opportunity to seize the moment because they were, you know, it was something that was the hard part, that first initial step, that first sale was already done. Now, tips to draw from that. Here's, here's three things from that quick little scenario that you can use. The first being Thank you, Brian, because you're, you're always throwing a bunch of great ideas, too. I'm learning from you just as much, right? It's about mastery, correct? <laughs> but thank you, Brian. I appreciate that. So, here, so here's, the, here's, the, here's the first thing. I had allies in the room. We didn't do this cold. The first thing was I had other people within the company that said, you know what? We think we can do this. And we talked about it some in terms of how it would come together. And we knew it was going to be a tough meeting. And I was like, oh, look, I'll take the, let me take the heat. I'm in the leadership spot on this. Let me take the heat in, um, but I need your, I need you to step up and support it at the key, you know, at the key moments. And he's like, yeah, yes. So both of the people that I had talked to you about that to build allies. So it was one that had allies within the company that agreed that this was something that was feasible and that it was the correct direction to go and that they would support it. So that's the first tip. Second tip is we knew there was a market for this new area that we were going to sell into 
we knew this new division had a market. Our competitors were doing it. Our, we had clients that were on this journey. They were, they were already working on doing what we could come in and, and help them accelerate. So the market was there. Plus we had demonstrating that we had two contracts that had already, um, uh, that we already had booked. They were ready to go as part of, as part of a different, uh, a different activity that we were doing with some larger companies. So that set, so that we knew, you know, tip two, we knew we had a validated market and, and important in that is we had a strategic advantage because we could take care of training in that. So when one anything that you're implementing in your company, typically with change initiatives, one of the three biggest failure causes is inadequate training so that people have the skills, get reinforcement, they get training, retraining, implementation support. It's all one block. You can consider that all one activity. It's not something you can chunk up, right? It's like if, if you want to bake a cake and you want to cut corners, what are you going to leave out? The butter? What do you get, right? A little bit of baking soda is required in the recipe. Oh, no, no, drop that. See what happens when you bake the cake. You can't drop that out on the implementation and you can't take any of the pieces out of the training and support for guiding people into the habits, helping them develop the correct habits in order to get a successful outcome doing something different. We, we had a solution uh, for the training that would take the burden of the cost off of the client's payroll. So we had a way to get their training paid for, not out of their pocket, but funded through a third-party source. So second, validated market with a known strategic advantage because our competitors could not do that. There were other companies that could provide trading that way, but the whole package, the pieces that we were bringing together gave us a total package that wasn't available anywhere else serving the market niche that we were serving. So third tip is I pulled together the right people, played catalyst, let that, let things get heated up and handed it over to them as opposed to walking in and going, look, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we go. I knew we, I knew how we needed to organize. The problem was I didn't have the relationships. I didn't have the administrative authority to say, here's what we're going to do. Now, even if I had the administrative authority, like say I had an executive vice president title and I could come in and put the hammer down and say, bam, here's how it's going to go. That would not have been a good move. This is a group of high performers. All right? They would have been insulted. You can't order them around. And it doesn't work with children. What makes you think it's going to work with adults? So they had to create an environment where they would take ownership of it. They could see the opportunity which the, the two contracts that we had already booked, they didn't know about that part. Already had the two contracts booked and, and used that as a springboard to say, okay, this is feasible. That got their attention. Then when they started throwing rocks and telling me that I couldn't do it, of course, I, see, I admitted that. I, I took my self I don't know what you would call it, you know, ego took my, you know, my self-preservation, my self-image out of it. It's like, I knew that. That's why I brought these guys together. And I didn't really care if I, if about that part of it, what I wanted to see was get this done because I knew we could add a lot of revenue 
to uh, to the company doing this. And this ended up being 15, 20 percent boost to our revenue within the next uh, nine months, 12 months. And this was in a normal market environment. This was not you know, like we're doing in the pandemic and everything that's going on in 2020. This was just in a normal market environment. So that was pretty good growth. And, it, and that delivered consistently. And even as other areas as viable services uh, started to wind down, which happens in technical fields, happens in professional services, uh, particularly in consulting, then we were able to, you know, we we're able to sustain that area and continue to grow it. And it became even more important uh, over a period of several years. But it comes back to they, you know, they, they were able to see that this was viable because that contract was coming in and I, and I let them created an environment where they could take it over and own it and say, here's how we can do it. And at the end of that meeting, they turned back to me and said, can you do this, 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 and this? They were asking me for help in order to get this launched. And it was already set. All I needed them to do was agree. It's like, yeah, I think we can do that. So my two allies that were in the room, they they, they smiled and looked at it. And the, other guy, the other folks looking around the room were like, going, wait a minute. And they caught on to what had happened. And we had a big laugh. And I walked into that room with most of the people in the room, with the exception of my two allies, not really having much respect for me. We'd never worked together. We were in different parts of the company. And, you know, and these are the big guns that are out in the field working with the clients. Right. And I walked out of the room having new colleagues and new respect and new mentors because I asked them to mentor that, uh, you know, mentor me and what they do. And they were asking questions about what I've been doing in this other part of the organization and how we could get that to work together. And that led into some amazing working relationships and some amazing stuff uh, coming up. But I don't want to get lost on the three on those three tips when you're launching something new, especially in these uncertain times. Is there a validated market and do you have a strategic advantage? Uh, can you know, do you have the, the, the right people? And can you and will they take ownership of it in order to uh, in order to uh, really rock and roll? So that's just a real quick three tips on launching a new service. We'll have more in the future. You know, if you like what you're hearing here, click our like button, subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, and go to uh, let me see if I can get this to work for you. You know, for more information on what we're doing, we've got interviews that are coming up. Uh, there's more tips. We've got behind the scenes and other information that you wouldn't otherwise uh, have access to. Go to AdventureCEO.tv. That's AdventureCEO.tv. And uh, subscribe to our monthly uh, newsletter that goes out. It's just once a month, send out an email with summaries, some notes. When we do interviews from our TV show, that includes uh, show notes and, and insights that aren't published as part of that some of them end up on the cutting room floor for time and uh, you know we have a 30 minute or 60 minute uh, broadcast of an interview that may have gone two hours sometimes we'll go an hour and a half two hours and we have to to prioritize and there's still a lot of great information that gets left behind so we put that in the monthly newsletter as well as giving you some uh, some heads up on what's coming up in the future tips you know summaries of tips that we've talked about on wolf's watch uh, some uh, supporting documents to help you implement some of the insights that we share. So those are the things that come up. Check that out at adventureceo.tv. And as always, it's great having you along for the adventure and uh, along for the ride here. Uh, this is Wolf's Watch. I'm Wolf. 
and I will see you on the trail.